Welcome to Lords of Order, the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. If you want to send feedback about this episode or any of the episodes or about Dr. Fate or about, you know, just about anything, you can send it to the Dr. Fate Podcast at gmail.com. BigTimeNoise.com slash Dr. Fate is the website, and you can definitely leave comments there. And you can leave comments on Facebook and Google Plus at Lords of Order. Now, our issue for discussion today is More Fun Comics 57, cover date of July 1940. This is a spoiler podcast, but given that that's, what, 74 years ago? Um, I'm not sure, you know, how authentic your cry for spoilers would be, but it's out in the open and, and you know. Our creators are Gardner Fox Scripting and Howard Sherman taking care of pencils, inks, and lettering. Now, the opening narration, probably from Gardner Fox, reads, Man of mystery and possessor of secrets that sank beneath the sea when Mu and Atlantis is Dr. Fate. He combats crime that our present-day laws cannot touch, for he knows the secrets of Egypt and Chaldea, and how to fight those who use the ancient black magic of a lost civilization. Kind of gives you a good feeling for what this character was um, conceived for. Now, as the story opens, we have Dr. Fate hovering outside a large high-rise building in the city, standing atop a cloud, or standing on a cloud, to give him uh, the visual that he needs. He is more than likely observing... Uh, This panel scene where a doctor is surveying a gentleman that's been found dead in a room who is suffering from burns of a fatal nature, but there are no burns anywhere else. The bed clothing, I mean the, the bed coverings, the room, nothing else seems burnt, just the gentleman burnt to death. Now these deaths of this nature start occurring more and more. Uh, In one panel here, we see that the medical examiner, as he's leaving the latest scene, an outdoor scene, he turns back to look, you know, over the the area again, the scene of the crime, and notices this one single cloud hovering over when the rest of the sky is clear, and thinks to himself, funny, that single cloud, it's such a lovely day, too. Well, we see now that inside the cloud is Dr. Fate, using it as concealment, as he also is observing the crime scene, comes to the conclusion that this death and the other deaths by fire, with no visible damage elsewise, has been accomplished through usage of the lambent flame. Now he goes, when he uh, decides that that is the cause, he's going to track down the person that is using the flame, but first, he must go consult Inza. This is Inza Kramer, his uh, human, his earthly confidant, as he, Dr. Fate. Um, the, the Kent Nelson persona that we have seen from flashbacks to his origin has not appeared yet. The first instance of... Dr. Fate was in Morphin Comics 55, and I don't believe, let me flip through here, that his origin comes up until 
More Fun Comics 64, I believe, is uh, when... Or 67. So we have from 55 to 67 before we actually see any type of origin for this character. Otherwise, we just know him as Dr. Fate. We, being able to travel back in time and read willy-nilly and as we want, know that this is indeed Kent Nelson. But at this point, Inza does not know that. So Dr. Fate appears to Inza and asks her about these burning deaths. Basically, she tells him the earthly aspect of the situation, that they're wealthy men who receive threatening letters, and then when they refuse to pay, they wind up dead. In the midst of her telling, through the window that Dr. Fate used to enter the apartment, some Malayan poison bats, and that is M-A-Y-L-A-Y-A-N. I'm not sure if that's how you spell Malayan. But they are this type of Malayan poison bats. Dr. Fate, with but a gesture, causes them to burst into flame, protecting Inza more importantly, but himself as well. He says uh, to Inza, you are no adept to stand these shocks, Inza. I must take you with me or you are lost. And she mumbles, I'll be all right in a moment. So once again, he is preparing to take her into the lion's den, as it were. As they're standing here talking, we see behind Fate and Inza is a... uh, a door, a, some type of shutters perhaps that look to be catching on fire and and uh, the, the conflagration of them is growing and growing as we see panel by panel. And then suddenly a ball of flame forces its way through, giving the indication that this flame caused this wall perhaps or this window to start burning and then it burned itself through, catching the entire wall on fire. Dr. Fate immediately recognizes it as the lambent flame, grabs it with both hands, which are bare by the way, and starts wrestling it until finally he flings the ball of flame from whence it came and commands it hence to your master. So he has in turn subjugated the ball of flame, given it a command, and it will now carry out Fate's command, being, I suppose, the superior practitioner of whatever branch of magic this is. Now he tells Inza, hurry, we must follow the flame. It will lead us to the master who indulges in these ancient sorceries. So he grabs her up, and they start following the ball of flame. In no time, one panel, actually, we see that the flame is zeroing in on yet another uh, stone structure perched upon some sort of rocky prominence or, uh, you know, some sort of rocky edifice, natural or or otherwise, much like Wotan. And I I say it that way because it's very similar to what Wotan's hideout was in in the final confrontation of Dr. Fate back in his origin. But the Lambent flame enters the dwelling, and no sooner does it enter the dwelling that several balls of flame shoot out towards Dr. Fate and Inza, who are now uh, hiding, crouched behind a close rock face, so they can watch um, secretly what is going on. Dr. Fate, with a gesture, encases these fireballs in ice, 
causing them to fall harmlessly in front of our duo. They approach the castle door with an incantation. Dr. Fate uh, forces the door to crumble to dust, and as they enter, Fate and Inza are waylaid by legions of the sticks. I guess those are dead bodies. But they they capture both. Uh, They take Inza away while Fate is wrestling with those that are trying to subdue him. Enough time passes that he loses track of Inza, so he runs into the castle in the direction he last saw them going in search of her. Meanwhile, she has been brought before the evil leader, Magno the Mighty, who knows that she is connected to Dr. Fate and is using her to draw Dr. Fate to him. Dr. Fate being someone who can uh, foil his evil schemes and so thus must be someone that is rendered inert, that is defeated. He Inza doesn't give him any information, so he ties her up and sets the lambent flame on her. And the last panel we see with her is her tied to a pillar and the flame approaching, we assume, closer and closer all the time. She's screaming out, help me, help me. Fate hears one of those cries for help, but in the castle he can't locate where it's coming from. Then suddenly he feels a draught of fresh air from the floor. That's the narrator's words, not mine. I'm not that well-spoken. Dr. Fate determines that there's a room below him, and he uses some magic of his own by dropping powder from a bag. He mumbles a spell, and transport the, the powder on his side of the floor bursts into flame, and then in the floor below... He bursts out of flame in in that room. So I guess it's a maybe some sort of teleportation spell using flame. But he uh, does indeed pop into the room that Inza is in, takes his cape off and throws it over her to protect her from the fireball. We don't really know what happens to the fireball, because in one panel it's here, and in the next it's not. I don't know if it goes out, if he defeats it, Dr. Fate defeats it, if it gets called back to Magno the Mighty. uh, Either way, it disappears. Inza's no longer in danger. Uh, They resume their quest to find Magno, now that Dr. Fate has a name, being that Inza has met the gentleman. When they do catch up with Magno, he is preparing a spell, the spell that's going to defeat Dr. Fate. But instead, Dr. Fate says, I'll direct my power toward your guardians, those bones of the dead. And it is a ring of bones that the uh, necromancer had set up, uh, kind of like like salt or sand that you will normally see in examples of witchcraft that is an unbreakable barrier once it is uh, completed, a complete circle. Well, the same thing has been done here by Magno using bones, but Dr. Fate disrupts the bones breaking whatever shielding it was, allowing him to physically assail Magno, and with but one mighty punch lays him low. Enza then asks, will you kill him? And Dr. Fate says, no, but he must be stopped. Our laws, our laws being human laws, do not admit such things as black magic, but we know they exist, Enza. 
I must find a way to render him harmless. So what he does is he sets up the body, um, arranges the hands and the, the feet, covers it with his cloak, and then when he whips his cloak off, the body has been transformed from full size to a smaller size statue of clay. Fate then instructs slash asks requests Inza, uh, saying that the statue you will take, Inza, and seal it in a cabinet of ebony. I think then that the burning death will never harm another person. And on the way out of the castle, Dr. Fate turns and, using his own magic, burns the castle to the ground so nothing remains and the remains of Magno the Mighty himself will forever remain in the possession of Enza Kramer. Rather interesting, we see some some aspects that may or may not be um, historical or mythological uh, places and, and beings of, of magic. I, I didn't research those. I'm interested in the Dr. Fate character, not so much these different things that they throw out. If anyone listening wants me to do a little bit more research into things like that, just let me know and I'll you know spend a little time looking them up, seeing what I can find out. Next episode is Earth 2, issue 16. I believe this will turn out to be James Robinson's last issue on the title. I'm not sure that it will be a culmination of the storyline, but it is his last. His and um, the artist, Nicola Scott, I believe it's also her last issue. So... We will see you guys next time to discuss November 2013's issue of Earth 2. Talk to you guys then. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.